Red Rocks Austin. Anybody got some faith this weekend? Come on, you could do better than that. I know it's 9 a.m. We still got a lot of turkey in the bloodstream. Are we doing okay? We got some faith for this weekend. Come on. Hey, for those of you that don't know me, my name is Ronnie. Uh, I get to serve alongside with these fellas back in the home base in Denver, Colorado. And I just gotta tell you this, um, this probably can fall deaf on some of your ears, but I, I just wanna tell you what an honor it is to be here this weekend. Um, I think one of the special things that I'm reminded of every time I come out here is the faith um, that you as a collective group of people have is, is so remarkable, it's so special. And I wanna make sure that you know this, really how uncommon it is to be experiencing some of the things that you guys are experiencing because statistically, the average church plant in America um, that's in your stage of life cycle um, is non-existent. And to see some of the things that you guys have been doing through one of the worst times in history for collective church gatherings called COVID, um, you guys have not only been, been um, maintaining pace, but you guys have continued to win souls. You guys have been baptizing people. More and more people are showing up. You guys are giving and serving and reaching your city in a way that's absolutely remarkable. And so having the honor and opportunity to get a chance to speak to you guys, I feel absolutely privileged. And uh, I, I feel like the thing that God placed on my heart for this weekend um, was very specific. And at first when he dropped it into my heart, I was kind of like, really, God? Like, that's kind of what you want me to share? But I want to I wanna talk this weekend about your potential. You can lean to your neighbor and say, he's, he's, he's talking to you. He's talking to you. He's talking to you. And, and here's why um, your potential is, is so special and it's so significant because this Kingdom Builder series, I'm, I'm with Doug, this is my favorite series of the whole year because it's our opportunity as a church family to rally our hearts around the faith of what God might possibly do through us. Anybody wanna be used by God? Like, I don't know about you, but I wanna, I wanna breathe my last breath going, my gosh, God did some amazing things through my life. He did things that I couldn't have fathomed. He, he, he did things that I, I was not um, capable of doing or qualified of doing or didn't have the resources to perform, but God did it, and I saw it with my own eyes in the days that I lived. Uh, that's my prayer for this church. That's my prayer for me. That's my prayer for you as individuals. But my only goal this weekend is for you to feel that this elevated sense of potential that God has for your life. I don't know what you are going through right now, but the call of God on your life is so special. And I, I think if you actually got a chance to like see it with your own eyes, what God wanted to do through your life and what he will do through your life, I think it would shock you. And so this weekend, my goal is to show you through scripture why really the gospel narrative is the greatest elevator of human potential. Jesus came and he made some of the most significant impact in all of history on what human beings felt was, was possible with their lives. It was the supernatural infinite God colliding with finite human man and God going, let's work together. Let's, let's partner together. Let's do this life together. And what we're gonna see through scripture is it gives us this infinite sense of potential. And what's beautiful about the local church is I can speak to you as an individual. And when you as an individual grab hold of the God-sized potential for your life, the whole church wins. 
the city gets reached, the gospel gets pushed further, and it's the greatest investment of our lives. And so I, I wanna pray for us, and then you can give some high fives, and we're gonna dive on in. Jesus, we just commit ourselves to you today, God. We give you our, our minds. We give you our attentions. God, so many people are going through so many different challenges and dilemmas in their lives. And God, I just pray, would you clear out the distraction? And Holy Spirit, I'm asking that you would use one message and you would translate it to hundreds of different individual lives and perspectives. God, I thank you for the good news of the gospel. God, it's able to communicate into thousands of different contexts. No matter what somebody's going through today, God, I pray that you would speak to them individually. And right now, I just want to invite you. Would you just, in your own words and in your own heart, just tell God, I I'm open for you to speak to me today. God, I'm open today. I might not have came in here with a lot of expectation, but God, I'm open for you to speak to me today. God, we believe that you will. We believe that you'll change us today. We believe that you'll inspire us today. And we believe, God, today that um, a lot of people's view of their potential for their life, what is possible with their life, God, I believe that they're gonna leave here today with a greater sense of some of the remarkable things that you wanna do in and through us. God, we give you all the glory, all of the honor, and all of the praise. And everybody at Red Rocks Church Austin said, Amen, amen. You could be seated. Give a high five out, an air high five, I guess. Might be more appropriate. I don't know. Any of you guys love your pastors? At least, at least fake it. Anybody love their pastors? There we go. There we go. Got some sympathy. Come on, it's in there. You guys have one of the greatest um, group of pastors that is, is here to serve you guys. It's, it's probably one of the best parts about coming out here is getting a chance to just sit down with them because I always leave feeling so encouraged and so motivated. We had a chance to do that last night and uh, meant the world to me. I left feeling a million feet tall and full of faith. So hope you guys know how blessed you guys are. Make sure that you tell your pastors that you love them. I wanna, I wanna share really quickly, as we talk about potential, I wanna define the word for you and really begin to, to see how it's interwoven throughout scripture that, that God has your potential, your view of what is possible in mind. And they're gonna put the definition of this word potential on the screens and I want you to take note of, of, of some of the nuances of this word. Potential is the latent qualities or abilities that may be developed. Everybody say maybe may be developed. I think that's one of the most tricky components of this definition is that it may be developed and lead to future success or usefulness. It's the, the, the significance of your potential is found in the maybe. Maybe. You know, I've been a part of church for a long time. My dad's a pastor. Grandpa was a pastor. Kind of grew up first weekend out of the womb. I was in church. And uh, you start to realize that there's a huge difference between people that learn the Bible and people that live the Bible. Anybody with me? Can, you, can I get an amen? There's a huge difference between people that learn about the Bible and people that actually live this thing out. And the whole time, every single weekend, we're commissioned with an assignment of elevating your potential. What is possible with your relationship with God? What is possible that God could do through your life? What is possible for, for God to do um, in your addictions or in your hangups, in your sin patterns? We're trying to elevate your view of your potential for your life. But the problem is that the whole idea of potential hangs on that word, may be. It may be. So we can preach about the significance of generosity, and some of you go, maybe. 
We can preach about the benefits of tithing. What an illogical concept. That, that God actually goes, hey, if you just give me your 10%, I'll actually bless the other 90% so that you could do far more with the 90% than you could have done with the 100%. People go, that's illogical. Maybe it works. Maybe. We tell you about giving up your time, pouring into people. We talk about the potential that God has on your life. And for most of us, there's this dissonant, maybe. Maybe it's true. But one of the things that I've been fixated on as a leader and, and a pastor and a dad and a husband is, is trying to figure out how we convert that maybe into this really optimistic sense of maybe if I actually step into this, God might show up. Maybe if I actually start tithing, God will actually bless the other 90%. Maybe if I actually give him my time, and the Bible says as you refresh others, you in turn will be refreshed. Maybe that's true. How about I try and give it a shot? What is the difference between people who hear the word and those that just go and do it? So the thing I want to talk about this weekend is what is the mechanism inside of our minds that, that really helps fuel us from moving from this conceptual idea of what the scriptures talk about that would actually fuel us in a way that would help us go and do it. Everybody say, do it. Just do it. If you're taking notes this weekend, the title of my message is called Unlock Your Potential. One of the verses that I, I want to start with is Proverbs 23, 7. If you have your Bibles, you can open up to it. Proverbs 23, 7. And it speaks to something that's interesting. At the, at the basis of, of your potential, listen to what Proverbs says is at the heart of what you become. Proverbs 23, 7 says this. For as he thinketh, everybody say thinketh, good King James Version. For as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. I want you to think about this for a second. The Bible says, as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. Meaning that there's something really interesting about the mindset of a believer. The difference between somebody that actually lives out what God says and believes the promises of God and someone that just learns about it is, is someone, somewhere inside their mind they have translated and they have transitioned to this place of belief where they go, I just believe this to be true. I don't care what the world says. I don't care what science says. I don't care what my friends say. There's something in me that gets resolved. And you watch as those people morph into what their strongest thoughts, desires, and beliefs really are. Your mind, friends, what you believe about your life is ultimately what you will become. And so for the average person in America... For the average person around the world, the greatest limiting factor for your life is your belief about your own potential. And the more that I followed Jesus, the more that I realized nothing has impacted my view of what is possible in my life more than the Bible. Friends, the greatest limiting factor for your life is what you believe to be true about you because what you think about yourself is what you will become. There's this interesting story um, in, in around the 1950s, I think 1954 to be exact, there was a man by the name of Roger Bannister. And Roger Bannister was interesting because he did something that the whole world had been claiming was impossible. 
And in 1954, Roger Bannister ran the first sub four minute mile. And after Thanksgiving, that just sounds impossible, does it not? Running a mile right now sounds impossible. But, but he proved all the naysayers and everybody who criticized and said it's actually impossible. People have been attempting to run a sub four minute mile for nine years and, and nobody was able to do it. So they finally deemed it, this is physically and humanly impossible. We're looking at, at the culmination of all the greatest athletes from around the world and nobody can do it. This is impossible, but Roger Bannister, believed that it was true. And he believed so much that even though he couldn't physically accomplish it, he began to train his mind on what was possible. I'm gonna run a sub four minute mile. I'm gonna run a sub four minute mile. I'm gonna be the first person ever to run a sub four minute mile. And in 1954, he actually did it. And as impressive as that is that he ran a sub four minute mile, one of the most impressive things is that the, in the years following after that, within two years after that time, um, nearly 40 people ran a sub four minute mile. After decades, never having a recorded less than four minute mile in history, he does it and then 40 people follow in the next two years. What is it about potential that unlocks what you're really capable of? And even more interesting than that is that now, during this time, over 1,400 athletes have, have, have actually transitioned into that sub-four-minute mile, and it's become a standard practice. What's interesting is that what was impossible years ago is now the standard practice. And one of the things that I felt for this weekend is I, I want to be a church that takes the impossible and makes it standard practice. Like I wanna get a God-sized dream and a God-sized vision of what Red Rocks Austin is capable of, what God might be able to do through this church and go, man, we wanna make the impossible our standard. I wanna elevate what is possible in our mind and he had to get to a place where mentally his mindset was so fixated on the reality that this was actually possible that his body followed in succession. And there's something about mindset as we look at the scriptures that I believe begins to unlock some things inside of our life because Ephesians 3.20 says this. It says, now all glory to God. Notice the focus is on God who is able through his mighty power at work within who? Us. To accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Friends, the reason I wanna come to you this weekend to talk about potential is most of us will go throughout our entire existence never knowing that we have infinite potential with Christ. The Bible actually is on record saying that God could do infinitely more. Everybody say infinitely more. I need some crowd participation. Infinitely more. God is able to do infinitely more through his mighty power that is at work within me. God wants to do through me infinitely more than even the things that I can even ask, think, or imagine. And so there's this component where God's inviting us into this reality going, guys, listen, what is possible in your life will blow your mind. What is impossible, what is possible in your life would actually be impossible on the world's standards. We don't actually have to, to fall within the basis of your potential is contingent upon what you have, what your training is, what your pedigree is, what people have deemed as your potential in life. God actually goes, no, 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 no. Your potential is not contingent upon what you have. God says, I will do infinitely more through my own power.
But the cool thing is, is he says, but I want to use you. I want to use you. The Bible says in James 1.22 something really interesting. He says, but don't just listen to God's word. You got to do what it says. Otherwise, you're only fooling yourselves. Who are you fooling when you don't do God's word? Yourself. The, the Bible actually, the, the definition of that word fooling literally means to have a misleading belief. Meaning, if you just listen to God's word but don't do it, you have a misleading belief that it's not really going to pay out. God's not really going to come through. I know that God promised, really cool preacher, telling me God promised, but I don't actually believe it. The Bible says that if you listen to God's word and you learn God's word, but then you don't go and do it, the Bible says you're just going to die fooling yourself. I don't know about you, but I don't want to go to my grave living this false reality having these misleading notions about what God could possibly do through my life. Because one thing is true, some of the places that have the most potential, untapped potential, are burial sites all over the world. People that go to their grave never realizing the potential that God actually had upon their lives. He says, don't just listen to this stuff. Do it. Now, I want to talk to you a little bit about how, how do we transition from this, okay, I, I can maybe go there with you, Ronnie, that I have some infinite potential, <laughs> but how do I actually transition that into action? How do I actually make that leap of faith? How do I actually do the remarkable things? Because I watch people like Pastor Doug Weckenman uprooting his family, moving from his city, planning this church called Red Rocks Austin with nobody and nothing, and, and now here we are today. I don't have the faith like Doug has. How do you take head knowledge and transition it into action. Because potential, friends, without action is just potential, and it's worthless. Knowing that you have infinite potential but never doing anything is, is no greater than feeling like you have no potential at all. It actually translates to the same outcome. So how do we convert our potential into massive action? How do we take massive leaps of faith? How do we put this into practice? And I wanna, I wanna share this with you the way that, that I learned this. There's four components that make up the life of people that have crazy faith, crazy generosity. They live up to this God-sized potential and it's the same pattern of people that sell themselves short their whole lives. And I wanna talk to you about what creates these patterns inside of our lives. And there's four components, and they're gonna put these up on the screen for you. Take some notes, because I want you to think about this later. The first thing is potential. Whether you realize it or not, we all have a view of what, we, what the potential is for our life, what is possible. For some of you, you've, you, you've, you've created that picture of potential based upon your successes, and maybe you feel like you have infinite potential. You're on top of the world. Others of you have maybe limited what your potential is based upon what people have spoken over you. Maybe your lack of resources, maybe the family that you grew up in or it felt like you, you didn't grow up in. Maybe it's the, the father figure, the mentor figure that you never had. We, we create this expectation of what is possible for our lives. We all have it. But what that potential does is it now begins to inform what the actions that we take. If you believe that you have no potential, how much action are you gonna take? None, very little. 
very little. If you feel like you have the infinite potential and you're on top of the world and what is capable in my life is amazing, what kind of action are you gonna take? Remarkable action. You're gonna take dramatic, um, faith-filled action and then what that does is after action, it leads you to a result. And so if you believe that your potential in life is down here, it's gonna lead you to take small action leading to small results. Ultimately, the fourth thing is that after you receive those results is it begins to develop a belief about what is true in your life. Friends, you can see how this pattern can spiral in one or two directions. What you believe to be possible with your life will lead to the actions that you take. Those actions will lead to the results you produce and then you develop a belief about your life and the cycle starts over. So why people that go, I tried that whole tithing thing for a little while, it didn't work out for me. Develop a belief. And then on the other spectrum, you hear testimonies of people going, man, I just trusted God, we went all in, we, we just figured it out and, and God showed up, our result was amazing and now we have this belief that God's word is actually true. And he's gonna do what he says he's gonna do. What you realize is this is actually a cycle, starting with potential, driving us to the actions that we take in life, producing results which ultimately form a concrete belief in your mind about what is true, real, and authentic. But the Bible says something different because the question is, all of us have unlimited potential. Scripture would reinforce that. So what's the difference between people that have high potential, high expectation for their life and people that feel like the possibilities for their life are <laughs> slim to none. The Bible actually says, listen, you don't actually start with the place of potential because the natural thing for us to do is go, God, what do I have and then what is possible with what I have? And Jesus goes, no, 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 no. This isn't actually the way that I want you guys to do things from a kingdom perspective, friends. The Bible actually flips this on its head and he says, I want you to start with belief. Let me unpack this from scripture and then we'll spend some time. You can keep this up on the screens. The Bible says in Hebrews 11.1, 1, it says this. Now faith, everybody say faith. Faith is the word pistis, which actually means belief. So we can actually put the word belief here. He says now belief is the confidence in what we hope for. It's the confidence in what we hope for. It's our confidence in what we think is potential. It's our confidence in what we think is possible. It starts with belief, and it says, and it's the assurance about what we do not see. Now, I want to unpack this. He's going, listen, you can actually bypass looking at your potential. God, what, what are the qualifying factors that, that maybe uh, qualify me to be used by you or disqualify me? He goes, don't even pay attention to that. Let me inform your potential. And you're gonna start with this concrete idea of what we believe. And God is saying, listen, if you, if you start from this place of belief, you actually get a chance to bypass all of this. You actually get to see the results, the things that you don't see before any action. Now, in a world that gives us very little confidence and assurance about what lies ahead, this kind of a practice for me, friends, is the most priceless thing that I have. Because God goes, you don't have to start with what you have. Start with who I am. 
I don't know about you, but if I can rally all of my belief upon what Jesus says, friends, my potential for what is possible in my life goes through the roof. And when I believe that my potential goes through the roof, what kind of actions am I going to take as a Christ follower? I'm going to take crazy actions, crazy steps of faith. What's that going to do? God promises that he's going to show up. He says, listen, he loves a cheerful giver. And when you give, you cannot outgive God. For me, I go, that's my belief. Oh, you better believe I'm going to be a generous giver. And the Bible actually gives us our result before we take action. And he says, you cannot outgive God what you give to others. God says, I'm going to find a way to get it back to you. Friends, this is the cycle that differentiates the church of Jesus Christ than any other movement in history. This is the defining factor. This is what the cycle is. That if you go, I want to be a person that lives up to the God-sized potential for my life. That's why I love this series, because I, I feel like I go, God, help enlarge my belief. God, I have faith in what you've said. I have faith in what you've said to be true. Enlarge it even more, God, because I know you're going to meet me on the other side of that faith. I know that you're going to meet me on the other side of the generosity. I know that you're going to meet me on the other side of sacrifice. So what does it enable us to do? Take crazy steps of faith. Friends, your belief is going to fuel your potential. And when you grab hold of God-sized potential, it's going to motivate crazy action, which will produce crazy results, which in turn bolsters your belief in Jesus. That's why the Bible says that we, we go from faith to faith. From strength to strength. Why? If God just say, listen, I don't need you to start with crazy faith. For you, crazy faith might feel like a baby step. But he goes, give me your baby step, and I'll take you from faith to a greater faith. Friends, I don't know where you are on this faith spectrum of trusting in God. But can I encourage you during this season, through the life of our church, would you just take a baby step? And if you've already taken a baby step, can you take a bigger step. And if you're already taking big steps of faith, can you just try to take a huge step of faith? It might be with your time, it might be with your talents, and it might be with your treasure, but can you just go to God and go, God, with everything that you've given to me, what are you asking me to do in this season? I love what, Ma what Mark eleven twenty two says this. It says this, have faith in God, Jesus answered. So this is Jesus speaking. He says, have faith in God. Put all of your belief in him. Anchor everything that you know to be true in this life on God, in this God reality. And 23 says, truly I tell you, if anyone says to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but he believes what they say will happen, it will be done for them. 24 says, therefore I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, watch this, believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. Friends, this cycle in the kingdom is totally different. God's going, I need you to believe it before you see it. And friends, I know how hard this is. I know, I know the lack that most of us are facing. I know how illogical faith seems in most of these seasons, especially in what's happening in our world. But he's going, listen, 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 I need you to anchor everything you know on God reality, not just your reality. And when you anchor it on the God reality, he says, you're going to see it. He's going to bring it to pass. It starts with belief. 
And I love this, Matthew 19, 26. It says, Jesus looked at them intently and said, humanly speaking, it's impossible. But with God, everything is possible. He's going, listen, I know that on earthly terms, this seems like an illogical thing to do. Generosity, almost in any season of your life, feels pretty illogical. Can anybody agree? It feels like pretty illogical in most seasons of life. Giving of your time, who has a bunch extra time? Giving of your talents, you already are exhausted most of the time. It's illogical. And he goes, listen, I know, humanly speaking, this feels illogical. But with God, (laughs) nothing is impossible. Friends, as I go throughout scripture, I started considering for my own life. I was like, God, I want to be used in a really significant way. I don't want to go to my grave full of potential. And as I was thinking about this Kingdom Builder series, God brought to my, to my mind a moment that I got to share with my grandfather before he passed when I was in high school. He was a senior pastor at the time, and I, I was about a senior in high school, stopped in his office after school and was sitting down talking with him, and he got a phone call. And during the phone call, I could just see the phone call was a little bit tense, and his demeanor shifted, and he kind of started slipping into a little bit of sadness, and I could just see it on his face. It was heavy. And the person on the other line just said, Pastor, we need you to come here quickly. We're at the hospital and my son isn't doing well. They think he's going to pass in the next 30 minutes. So he hung up the phone and he always called me Bud Man. And so he said, Bud Man, you want to run an errand with me? And I was like, absolutely. And we went up to the hospital and sat there and the whole family was in crazy remorse. There was, everybody was, was weeping and panicked and afraid and didn't know what was gonna happen. And then the nurse comes in a few moments later and says he'll, he'll probably pass within the next 10 to 20 minutes. And I just sat there in the corner on the couch taking this all in as my grandpa just ministered and pastored. And sure enough, within the next 10, 20 minutes, he passed away. My grandpa prayed with the family and we went to the car and I'll never forget this. As we were driving, my grandpa was quieter than normal. And I was like, Grandpa, are you, are you okay? And he said, no, I'm, I'm really sad. And trying to empathize with him, I was like, man, I know, crazy, right? Just out, out of nowhere, life's short. And he said, I'm, uh, that, that's sad. He said, but what's even more sad is that this young man could never see himself the way that God saw him. He said, I I wonder how his life would have changed if he saw himself the way that God saw him. He said this, and I'll never forget this. He said, the saddest thing about this, Ronnie, is that he went to his grave full of potential. And that day I watched a young man, after an overdose, take his own life. Because he could never really grab hold of the God-sized potential. Friends, I don't know about you, but I don't want to go to my grave full of potential. I don't want to go to my grave going, man, I wish I would have believed God a little bit more. I wish I could have just seen God work in my life in a different way. I wish I would have limited God based upon my resources. God, I want to be able to have that kind of resolve in my life that I take massive action I want to elevate what is, what is possible through my life. And God, I want you to transform from the level of my belief. I want to see you as, as infinite. 
I wanna see you as capable. God, I wanna see you as, as desiring to work in my life. And what could happen if people in Red Rocks Church, Austin, began to go, God, I just wanna take you at your word. I wanna try it. I wanna elevate my belief. Help my unbelief, God. And friends, this was happened all throughout Scripture as people that informed their potential with their faith and who their God was. What would cause Moses to walk up to the Red Sea and go, bet you this thing's gonna, gonna split? <laughs> Potential, there's not much there. Never seen, a, never seen a sea split before. But he let his faith inform his potential. I don't know about you, but when I read the story of David, I go, what kind of a fool grabs five stones and takes on a giant when the rest of the army that was there as representatives goes, nah, we ain't gonna do that. This guy's gonna crush us. What kind of a fool goes, I'm gonna take five stones and I got him. It's somebody who let their belief inform what was possible. What would let somebody like Esther go before the Persian king and go, listen, I, I want you to deliver and save my people. She was just a, a common, average, ordinary woman in those times. What right does she have to go plead before the king? It was somebody who let their belief inform their potential. I think about this story in scripture of the woman with the issue of blood. Jesus is walking through a crowd and she goes, if I can just go and touch his garment. I know I'll be healed. When in history did a garment heal anybody? What proof would she have that this would actually work? It was somebody whose, whose faith and belief informed what was possible. Friends, you can go throughout scripture. Jesus Christ died upon a cross as God in the flesh. What would make God in the flesh want to die for you and me? Look at the potential of our life. We've done nothing but prove that we will screw this thing up time and time again. But Jesus said, no, 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 no. I believe that you're going to come back to me. I believe that what I'm going to do is going to be greater than your sin. I believe that you can't out the grace that I'm going to give to you, the forgiveness that I'm going to give to you. Jesus said that the reward of going to the cross far outweigh the penalty of the cross itself. He said, I'm gonna let my belief, what I believe to be true, inform what is potential. Friends, this is the scripture narrative is, is, is Jesus Christ, it's the Holy Spirit influencing human beings to go, no, 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 no. I'm not just gonna look at my surroundings and deem what is possible. God, I'm gonna let my faith in who you are inform the potential of my life. Friends, I just feel crazy enough to believe that if we can rally around this as a church community, what God could do in and through us would be remarkable. What I love about the pattern of this series is that we get an opportunity to not only look ahead at what God could do through us, but we actually get to look behind us and celebrate some of the things that God did as a result of the sacrifice of this church. One of my favorite things is getting an opportunity to hear some of those stories. And I, I wanted to share a story with you this weekend. And we got a video that I'd like to play. But I want to share, share this story because this story is a byproduct of a bunch of people going, let's let our faith inform what is possible. 
Let's do something really illogical and see what God might do through this. So if you would, would you direct your attention to the screens and see what our church got to be a part of together? Can we make some noise for all the Denver-based locations? What's up? We love you so much. Brussels, Belgium, we love you. Austin, Texas, we love you. And let's go crazy for the three best locations, our three God Behind Bars campuses. We love you so much. We're so glad you're with us. Your family, don't ever forget it. Lakewood, ladies at our God Behind Bars campus, we love you like crazy. Of course, all of our amazing men and women joining us at God Behind Bars, we love you. Come on. We are three God Behind Bars campuses. The best three campuses on the planet, God Behind Bars, men and women, three God Behind Bars, God Behind Bars locations. very well known. You can't go to prison and not know about God Behind Bars. It's amazing. A girl that I had known for a long time was one that finally, like, she started bugging me, like, let's go to God Behind Bars. It's this church service. And I was like, eh, no, I'm not going to go. I'm not going to go. Like, I don't want anything to do with any of that. And she kept pushing and kept pushing. And finally, I was like, okay, just so that you'll shut up, I'll go. And I came in here and I saw the big screen and I was like, really, we're going to sit and watch a church service on a screen? Like, this is a total waste of my night. And everything goes dark, and praise and worship starts, and I just started bawling. And I didn't even know why I was bawling. I just had completely lost it. And it was like this moment of I had never felt the presence of God like I did that night. And that was my moment when I knew that God came. Like, I didn't have to go to him. He came to me. And he basically said, like, you are my daughter, and I love you, and that's never going to change. And I'm here. Like, you've been calling out to me. You've been asking for me. I'm here. And, um, and it's never been the same since. But, like, God behind bars, um, when they praise God, it's a different kind of praise. Um, you can feel the Holy Spirit just um, falling from the, <laughs> the ceiling, and it's... I feel like it's so thick in this atmosphere. Found God behind bars inside of there, um, and it was just such a light in such a dark place. Like the feeling that you feel in there, you can't deny that the Holy Spirit is present in those moments. Um, when Red Rocks first came to prison, I remember when they played some songs, the music and I've never heard the music before, but it was just so powerful. We felt free, even though we were inside the prison, but we felt free. And all the volunteers, their family, they greet you um, with a smile and they care. Every last one of them, they bring a word and it means something, it sticks with you and you're able to go and give that to other women that don't come. When you go and you worship, with men and with women at, in prison, there's such great examples of how to worship in the midst of suffering, how to be courageous, uh, to come to church when you're in prison takes courage. And um, I've just learned and grown my faith so much since being a God Behind Bars volunteer. We don't judge. They've already been judged by the world. 
And so we're just there to show them the love of Jesus and to bring the light into them and to, to just show them that God will go, he will seek, and he will save the lost. I do think that if, if Jesus were walking on earth today, he would be going into prisons. And he would be going in and just assuring them that they're children, they're children of God, and that he loves them. I do believe prisons can be a place of, of mercy um, and redemption. And I think there's a commission on us as followers and believers um, to stand in the gap in these places. In the book of Matthew about you know, did, you came to visit me in prison, you know, um, you fed me, you clothed me. Uh, and one of the specific things he mentions is prison. Um, because there's no place that's more lost, quite frankly, and more, you're not going to find more lost people uh, that are in prison. And uh, we're called to be in the places of lost people. It was so late that my past caught up to me, drinking. <laughs> they ended up kicking me out of the military because of that. My child, my youngest, Eric, passed away under my care. I ended up coming to prison. I first got here, I was so angry at him, so mad. I would never be able to get a chance to see him grow up, to be married have kids on his own. I asked him, God, I know I'm already in here. So what is it that you want me to do? Because I'm, I'm tired of running. I'm tired. I'm not seeking for you every day. I know what's right. I know what I need to do. But God, just give me the strength that I need in order for me to go through this journey because it's so tough. so negative in this world, no matter where you're at. Doesn't matter if you're in prison or outside of prison. It's always negative. But with the strength that he gives me, I'm amazed at who I have become. I'm a child of God. Wholeheartedly, I know who I am. I don't know what I would do without Air Rocks. Honestly, I don't know what I would do without our combine bars. Um, it taught me how to be the person that I am now spiritually. It taught me how to be a better um, friend, better mother. Um, I'm so glad that I got to meet a lot of wonderful people. Uh, anyone who knows me or has done time with me, I was the one that they said was a lost cause. There are thousands of people that have given their lives to Jesus because we just said, let's be a people that let our belief in Jesus inform what is possible. Would you stand to your feet? I just want to pray this over us and then we're going to spend some time in worship. But God, I just declare today over my church, Because of who you are and what you have said, we will be a generous people. God, we will take a logical steps of action knowing that you will meet us in the result. God, today we just submit ourselves before you. 
God has broken and flawed individuals. God, just doing our best to do this Jesus-following thing. And God, today I pray that you would begin to reinforce a strong conviction about what we believe to be true. And God, I just pray that just as your word says, Jesus, as you encouraged us, you said, put your faith in God. So God, today, as Red Rocks Church, Lord, I just ask, would you help us solidify our, all of our belief in who you are and on what you have said? And God, as we make crazy requests of this church to give of their time and their talents and their treasures, God, I pray that we wouldn't look at what we have in our possession, but we would look at the storehouse of heaven, that we would look at God as our provider. God, we're not limited by what we have in our possession, but God, everything that we have in our possession has come from you, and it has first come from you to give and to facilitate, to bless the world. And so, God, we just say, Everything we have, Lord, as a church, our time, our talent, our treasure, it's yours. And God, we just pray, would you take it? Would you infuse it full of faith? Make us people, God, that are committed to taking crazy action. And God, I just pray in advance that you would use these crazy results that we're going to see over this next year to boost our faith and our belief in you. Jesus, everything has come from you. All that we need is you, Jesus. So God, today I pray, would you just develop and increase our faith? And God, last, I want to pray for every single person that has never placed their faith in you. Jesus, you say that you came to the cross to take all of our sins away, to make old things new again, dead things alive again. And God, you did all of this with the goal of bringing us back into relationship with you. And God, I pray for every single person in this place that has never placed their trust in Jesus Christ. Lord, your word says that if we just confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and we believe that he died for us and was he raised from the grave, that we will be saved. If that's you and you've never made Jesus Christ the Lord and the Savior of your life, would you just say in your own words, in your own heart, Jesus, I believe that you are Lord. I believe that what you said is true. I believe that you want to heal me. You want to forgive me. You want to restore me. Jesus, I see you as Lord of my life. And for some of you, that might be the very first step of faith that you take. But God said he's going to take you from faith to greater faith. He's going to take you from that faith to even greater faith. And so, Jesus, we just commit our lives to you, maybe for the first time or the thousandth time, Jesus, would you elevate our belief in who you are and enable us as a church family to take some crazy steps of faith in this coming season. We pray this all in the precious name of Jesus and everybody at Red Rocks Church Austin campus said, amen. Let's worship.